0: And now, O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our strength and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, speak to each of us then, here in the quietness of the heart. Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the Easter season. Two weeks ago... We gathered and shouted hallelujah to the risen king as we celebrated what we often will refer we often think of as the greatest of all miracles. The miracle to top all miracles. He who was dead was raised once again and not only was Jesus Christ raised as the man from Nazareth in human form, but the great part of that miracle was that he raised all of us who believe in him up with him, giving us eternal life. And, you know, the word miracle is something that we often just reserve for some phenomenal event, one-time event in history, those miracles that we hear about in the medical field, the miracles we hear of in some of the movies that are even out these days based on true stories. But, friends, when Jesus was raised from the dead— and when we received that resurrection life, miracles became an everyday occurrence. The only trouble is that sometimes we're so busy, we don't see the miracles that God works right in front of us. We don't see that Jesus cares enough about us. That he does, that he performs these miracles just around our provision, just around our sustenance, just around letting us know how loved we are. And one of the things I love about this passage from John chapter 21 is that it is full of miracles. It is full. There are actually four miracles that I want to point out to you today. But the thing is, let's imagine for a moment, let's go back 2,000 years in time. And you're walking by the Sea of Tiberias. You're walking on this beach where Jesus is standing and where where nearby the disciples are fishing on the water. Can you smell the salt in the air? Can you feel it beginning to gather on your skin? Can you smell the fire and the fresh cooked fish? Can you see the sunlight dawning over the water? It's a picturesque, beautiful beach scene, right? And you're going for a walk, and you walk by these, uh, these eight guys eating a meal together. And they've brought in their fish. This is a place where fishermen work. There are other fishermen working. And these guys are gathered around a fire, cooking, eating, and talking together. Most likely, you would just keep right on walking. We all would probably just say, that's a lovely scene, but that's an ordinary scene. It would be very ordinary to us, something that would not likely give us pause and make us stop and say, what are they talking about? It seemed like a common, everyday thing happening. But no, what was happening... In that circle, what was happening in the water was full of the providence and the provision of God Almighty. I encourage you for these next few minutes to keep a copy of the scripture in front of you, whether it's on your handout or you're reading along in your Bible. And I just want to point out what these miracles are and why they matter to us. Because the truth is, friends, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead that was present on that beach is here and available to us if we will just ask for it and pray for it, and then we will see it in action. Look with me again in verse 6 of today's passage. Jesus said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some fish. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in Because there were so many fish. This is Jesus' first command to them. Cast your net to the right. To the right. John is a poet. The writer John of this gospel is a poet. Every word matters. Every word has meaning in John's gospel, including this. That Why give us that detail to cast the net to the right? Why does Jesus want them to go to the right? Well, throughout scripture... The, the right is associated with the seat of power. We hear about the Son of Man being seated at the right hand of the Father. We hear of kings and authorities speak of the one who is at their right hand. We have that phrase today, my right-hand man. That's the person or right-hand woman, if we're being politically correct. We have that person at our beckon and call, the person who does what we need for them to do. And that's when Jesus says... Cast your nets to the right. He's not just saying a general direction. He's saying, I have that power. I am at the right hand of God. Cast your nets on me. Cast your nets toward me. Trust in me. Put your hope and your confidence and your faith in me who has the power to give you this great catch. So that's the first miracle that happens. It's not just that they have a huge catch of fish. That's the physical miracle. But the deeper miracle that's happening here is that the disciples are learning to trust Jesus with the authority of everyday things. Look on down in verse 10 and we see, we see Jesus do it again. He says to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. In verse 11, Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore Full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus gives the command Bring me some of those fish. Simon Peter, we hear, is the one that responds. But do you see what happens there? Friends, the strongest net in the world is going to break physically under the pressure of all those fish. This was a huge catch. These were huge fish. The nets were not designed to hold that much. The miracle here is that the net was not torn. As the disciples obeyed, as Peter obeyed Jesus here, Jesus did something remarkable that's easy to overlook the net was not torn the fish did not go everywhere the lord provided a safety a place a safety net and a place of mendedness remember friends the last one of the last times Jesus saw Peter and Peter saw Jesus he was cursing him and he was denying him peter is a hurt broken person as we'll hear more about in just a moment And what is happening here is not just that Jesus saves the fish, not only that the fish are saved with the miracle of the untorn net, but Jesus is also bringing healing and restoration and wholeness to Peter. He is holding him and making him whole once again. And then finally, or not finally, but in verse 12, we see Jesus do it again. He says to the disciples in verse 12, Come and have breakfast. Now we may say, come on, what's the great miracle in that? Come and have breakfast. That's the, uh, that's the direction Jesus gives them. And look what happens in verse 12. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. The disciples, this is their third time seeing Jesus since his resurrection. This is his third appearance to them, well, his second appearance to Thomas, his third appearance to all the others—they've seen Jesus, they've heard his voice. But the miracle here is when they obey him and they come and eat with him. They share a holy meal with him. They see him in a new light. Jesus is always appearing to us in new ways and in different circumstances than we've seen him before. The miracle, is, the miracle lies in, are we able to see that it's Jesus? The disciples' eyes are open to see him in a new way. That is yet another miracle. Do you see what has happened in all three of these instances, though? Jesus gives a command. And the disciples obey. When the disciples obey, the miracle working power of God is shown forth in their lives. And that's the same way it is for us today, friends. Jesus commands us to love God. And to love neighbor. Jesus commands us to care for the poor and for the imprisoned and for the marginalized. Jesus commands us to fear the Lord our God. Jesus commands us to believe and ask and we will experience his healing. Jesus gives us the same commandments today that in his word that we that the disciples receive and the and the miracle comes in when his power and our obedience collide with each other when his power and our obedience collide miracles Happen. We may not see them on the surface always, but they are always at work, and our prayer should ever be open our eyes, Lord, so that we might see the miracle that you are doing. And it just keeps getting better. You know, normally we would stop at the number three because that's a good biblical number, but the fourth miracle. Just it keeps getting better. Beginning in verse 15, Jesus engages in a conversation with Simon Peter. Notice he calls him by his old name. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times he does that. Jesus is calling him by his old name and by his past, identifying him by his past. And when Jesus does that, he's taking Peter back in time. Remember, like I said before... Three times Peter denied and even cursed the very name of the one that he loved. Three times that happened. So three times Jesus asks him, okay, let's go back to who you were before, Simon. Let's look at who you were before. Knowing who you are before, do you love me now? And three times Simon Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And every time Peter says yes, the three inflictions of hurt that he put on Jesus become three affirmations of Jesus' love for him. Yes, Peter's the one saying, yes, Lord, I love you. But Jesus also says in return, I love you by saying, now it's your turn to obey my commandments. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Love my sheep. Jesus is taking Simon, the one who denied him, the son of John, and, ter- and transforming his hurt into wholeness. He is taking the net of Peter that could so easily break under the burden of guilt and shame that he was experiencing, and Jesus is lifting that guilt and that shame out of the net of Peter so that he can walk forward whole, healed, and loved. And the third time Jesus asks him, do you love me? John flat out tells us, Peter felt hurt because Jesus kept asking him this. But friends, Jesus had to ask him three times. The three denials turn into three affirmations of love. And Jesus, the one who was called Simon, son of John, becomes Peter on whom God will build his church. And His church—this keep in mind, friends, this is the beginning of the church here. Jesus gave simply two commandments for Peter to found the church on which is, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Jesus is ministering to the hurt of Peter, and he ministers to the hurt in all of us by tending to us and by feeding us. That's the foundation of the church. That's the foundation of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. The great miracle here is that God takes a Peter— and it takes a Simon and turns him into Peter and transforms him. And we are all Peter. We are all capable of having our hurt transformed into healing if we are willing to go there with Jesus, to love him, to affirm our love in him, to be made new. Jesus is always giving us multiple chances that we must take advantage of. This past week, in closing, I, I was thoroughly Thoroughly entertained on social media um, with the news that our T ball season had started here in West Point. And, um, and I absolutely love T ball. I mean, let, let's form a, let, let's get T ball to be a professional sport of some sort. I mean, and the thing that I love about T ball, that I was watching when I was watching these videos, some of our youngest members here at the church are part of the local T tea ball team. And the thing I love about it. They would go up to that little, um, that little stand with the baseball on it with their bat and they would swing at it. The, ball, the bat would go flying and the ball would still be there. Or they would hit it and then forget which direction to run and run the wrong way. Or they would just barely tap it and just stand there and someone would have to tell them to run. And yet one thing you never hear in the game of t-ball, you never hear somebody say, oh, you should have hit that. Shame on you for missing that for missing that. No, you should know which way that you're running. No, because these are children who are learning how to bat. They're learning how to play. And friends, we are all God's children. We're all still learning. We need those multiple chances at bat. We need the help of the t stand sometimes. And yes, we need the help of people telling us where we need to run. God knows that. And when we see Peter get a fresh start today, we remember that all of us have another chance to hit at the T-ball game. He's not going to let us down, so let us not let God down today. Let's come to his table. Let's see his miracles at work. Let us be transformed by his love, the great love that comes from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen.